I'm Dave. I'm William. And this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. This is our fourth podcast about all things technology. Recently, you wrote a blog about storage and how it can be a major bottleneck to performance in enterprise infrastructure. I am guessing there is more to the story than just storage limits. Do explain. Well, you're right. There's a lot more to it than just storage limits, like more than just how many gigabytes or terabytes worth of data can I store on this thing. Uh, That was kind of the whole point behind the blog. Rarely ever does anyone pay attention to the storage when they're designing or building out a new infrastructure system, aside from the volume capacity. And this is true of a lot of IT consultancies out there as well that may not be as experienced. They will overlook storage and turn for lower hanging fruit, more obvious things like RAM or CPU. We all know RAM and CPU are important parts of the system. Is storage as important? Storage is absolutely just as vital as RAM or CPU. It's kind of the trifecta. Memory and processors have high visibility and their prices come down dramatically, so it's pretty cheap to build out a server with redundant multi-core processors and 128 gigs of RAM. Uh, People have had that kind of beat into them by the market for decades now and have at least a rudimentary understanding of what those things are and what they're for and at least understand that they need them. Alternatively, when it comes to storage, people tend to misidentify what it's actually used for in modern uh, architecture schemes. And so they have a really bad habit of underestimating their need and not designing around that need properly. Okay, so I recently changed my computer drive to a solid state drive and the computer was night and day different, but I didn't know why. I assumed it had to do with some storage limitations. Uh, My first question is, expound upon that. Explain, we think it's just storage. Obviously, there's more to to the story. And then in regard to storage, daily I use Dropbox, Glue, my computer hard drive. For SMBs, is this not enough? Obviously, for enterprise, uh, this would be more like what you would call a go-kart. I've heard you say this before. Uh, Explain the different needs and services between SMBs and enterprises. Well, I'll start off uh, tackling your uh, second question first. As far as the differences between SMBs and enterprises, uh, small, medium-sized businesses generally are running less than a dozen virtual servers or VM guests. So really, their storage configuration can reside inside the physical host. It just needs to be properly designed with fast disk and proper rate configuration to support multiple VM guests and be performant. An enterprise is likely to be running dozens of virtual machines and VM guests, 100 plus in some scenarios. And at that point, you have to look at a dedicated storage system. And for that kind of demand, you're usually looking at a left-hand SAN like Nimble or HP 3PAR. It used to be that storage was just that. It was just the place where you stored stuff, but in modern systems, it has grown into an integral part of systems architecture. You no longer just store your files there. With the advent of server virtualization, it is where your virtual guests and servers reside uh, and read and write to. SQL databases are plentiful and ubiquitous at this point and a necessary part of more software suites than I can count. And those have an insane need for performant disk arrays with their read-write demands. To address your first question, last, uh, why you got the performance change when you swapped out your hard drive for a solid-state disk, 
The performance improved partially because you increased your storage capacity, but really that performance increase would be almost negligible. Um, you could have gotten a solid state drive with the exact same storage capacity that you replaced and still have had that same dramatic improvement in performance. And that's because the storage is, the storage is used to consistently, constantly read and write, whether it's for the operating system, applications, you name it. That is an operation that is happening hundreds or thousands of times per second. The drive you replaced is what we refer to as a spinning disk drive, which is literally just metal plates that spin and a little magnetic arm that writes ones and zeros to those plates. The speed that those plates spin determine the performance and read-write speed of the drive. A solid-state drive has no moving parts, which is why it's called a solid-state drive. It works a lot like RAM does, and with no moving parts, as you can imagine, you take out one of the largest bottlenecks you have uh, on a spinning disk drive. On top of being faster and more performant, SSDs tend to be more resilient in terms of degradation over time as they don't have moving parts that can break down and fail and just stop working. They are, however, susceptible to power spikes and discharges and the like. So obviously I have a lot to learn in regard to system architecture and how it scales for SMBs and enterprises. At what point in my business does the transition occur? Where do I need to move from the more standard server architecture to the dedicated storage and SANs and all of that? Uh, take it up a notch for us, if you will. Well, every business is different, but when you are trying to run more than two dozen virtual guests in your hosted environment, you are probably going to need to start thinking about dedicated storage before too long. Also, your company may handle just a ton of graphics data and have a massive data footprint. So you may have a need for dedicated slow storage, uh, and that would more than likely be in the form of uh, a NAS which is still much cheaper than a SAN. Uh, a NAS is good for that slow kind of dumb storage that you only need at the file level. But if you are saying, I need massive, massive volumes that are super performant and fast that I can mount you know, 36 virtual servers to or more, it's time to start looking at SANs. As, for, as far as small businesses go, starting to grow and reach that next level into a medium-sized business, honestly, we recommend that you always, like even as a small business, have at least one physical server with two virtual servers running on it, your domain controller and your file server. You need a domain controller, period. If you do not have a domain controller in your organization and you have not locked down your organization at the domain level, then you are a security disaster waiting to happen. Uh, the one exception is kind of the decentralized independent consultancy model. Um, where you're just one single individual, don't have any uh, employees, don't have an office, don't have a network. I mean, you are a man without a country at that point, so you don't have to worry about securing it. But the second that you stake your claim and you put a flag down somewhere, you do immediately have to focus on that security aspect. So obviously, the cost for an SMB is going to be drastically different than for an enterprise. Tell us about that. It's literally the most expensive part of any server build <laughs> if the IT engineering team knows what they are doing and they are doing it right. That being said, uh, needs and solutions vary wildly from company to company. So a large company, again, running uh, 100 virtual servers is going to need a left-hand SAN that can cost up to a quarter million dollars or more depending on how much they need uh, versus a medium-sized business that just needs to make sure that they're 
12 virtual servers can can run unimpeded in which case you're just building out a very beefy physical server with really solid internal uh, network storage inside of that server so you don't need like a dedicated uh, storage rack at that point you can build it inside of the system itself so if that's going to drive up costs one one thing i think right away is how do you stay competitive well, that's a great question. Uh, a go-kart is always going to be cheaper than the Ford F-150. Uh, they will both get you from point A to point B, but one is highly impractical, and by the time you get to point B, you really wish that you had just bought the F-150. Uh, not to mention, if you put any load on the go-kart, the thing is just going to disintegrate and fall apart, and then it won't even get you from point A to point B. So that's kind of the difference we're talking about here. We're always going to put our customers and clients' best interests first, and this means designing solutions correctly the first time. Going back and having to revisit and remediate always costs more, always. In downtime, in lost productivity, in labor, hardware, etc., it just does. So I got one last question for you. What, what does technology solutions value add versus, say, another IT solutions provider? It's, it sounds like what I'm hearing from you is that all of you are going to be pretty good at these things. Uh, this seems like this is your world. You eat, breathe, sleep, talk, probably even dream about these things. T tell us what the value add of technology solutions is. In one word, transparency. Uh, we itemize all of our quotes in our bidding process so that you see exactly what the cost is of each and every single item on that bid. We also provide comprehensive SOWs or statements of work, uh, also known as scopes of work, in regards to labor being performed so you know exactly where each hour is going and what the overall scope of the project covers. If you look at our quote and compare it to one of our competitors, do they have matching items? Uh, is it itemized on, on their quote? Do they have a comparable statement of work or SOW that shows you what your project scope is and shows what you're paying for, you know, what it actually covers, what's covered under the project? We find much of the time the answer to that question is no, and we believe in transparency. And as I said before, we believe in doing it right the first time. I will say also, ironic, I do sometimes dream about IT, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. So if you have any IT questions, you can get a hold of Robert at robert.sutton at techsolutions.cc. If you have any SEO questions, you can get a hold of me at william at nozakconsulting.com. If you have any web development questions, you can get a hold of Dave at nozakconsulting.com. And once again, this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. Mm -hmm.